0: tile friends and welcome back to another episode of the tile money podcast my name is luke miller your host and this podcast is strengthening the tile industry we're doing this with our business discussions designed for contractors by contractors this education is assisting tile contractors around the world to build sustainable profitable businesses this results in a stronger industry from the installer up Today we've got another great discussion lined up for you. I have a couple um, people in the uh, in the uh, audience or in the in the studio here with me. We have John DeYoung and Don Weary, and they're both from ShagTools.com. Today's bonus sponsor. And John has been in the building materials distribution industry for 20 years now. He is the CEO of Crown Products and ShagTools.com. Crowns e-commerce platform. Don is the chief marketing officer who is working with shake-tools.com. So before we get into it, I do want to thank our regular sponsors of the show, the NTCA, the National Tile Contractors Association. This can be your most valuable resource as a tile contractor. This is the oldest and the largest associations for tile contractors. They can answer any question you might have, whether you're out there in the field looking for a solution to a complicated problem you ran into, or you're looking for an introduction to an expert in a specific field of tile. Whatever the case might be, you can find the answers within the NTCA. NTCA. They care about you. The members I've met are some of the most profitable and professional tile contractors I know. Join for the community. You can talk to Jim Olson on Facebook to learn more about what the NTCA can do for your business. Laidcree International, another sponsor of ours, they're one of the leading innovators in the tile installation materials world. They are literally credited with inventing thinset and winning the World Trade Center contract for providing a lightweight solution to build the world's tallest buildings at the time. A family-run, privately-held company with family values that you can feel whether you're talking to your reps in the field or all the way up to the family members still working in the business. You can catch uh, David Rothberg at most industry events. Lady Creek provides everything you need to install tile, from waterproofing to the grout and silicone. It is a one-stop manufacturing company. GoBoard is an innovative tile backer board manufactured by Johns Manville. Discover the possibilities with this easy-to-cut and handle waterproof product. It's lightweight, yet very durable. Carry more boards in one trip. You can seal the joints and fastener penetrations using GoBoard Pro Sealant to achieve ANSI A118.1 compliant installations. GoBoard Pro Sealant is now available in 20-ounce sausage packs. Ask your distributor to bring them in. Prep is everything. Uh, so learn more at jm.com GoBoard. And happy tile is where tile contractors are getting professional websites built fully search engine optimized, ready for lead generation for your, and that, that is your online hub for your business. And today's, um, bonus sponsor is shag And, uh, if you go to shake tools.com and you can use the code, the discount code tile to receive a nice discount on your first order. Uh, they have uh, all the tools you need as a tile contractor or flooring contractor. They have dry goods um, as well. So let me bring John and Don into the room. All right. How are you guys today? Good. Luke, thanks for having us. Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, what we're going to do here. Switch, switch the camera around. (laughs) I I had some, my first questions are for John. Um, and that's why, that's why I moved you around a little bit. So just so as I don't get confused, Yeah, (laughs) but we want, we want introductions in case I didn't, uh, in case I left anything off. So John, can you give us the 30,000 foot overview of, uh, your time in the, in the tool or flooring industry?
1: Yeah, uh, thanks, Luke. I've been in the um, building materials distribution business since 2001. Uh, everywhere from exterior building supplies to to in- interior building supplies. Currently, I'm the CEO of Crown Products, um, special dis- uh, specialty distributor of you know hard surfaces and flooring sundries, carpet pad tools uh, to the residential and commercial flooring and tile contractors. Um, Crown is made up of um, some traditional brick and mortar uh, distribution businesses like Walcrow, Cartwright, distributed, and Tri-State Wholesale Flooring. Uh, but uh, you know, lately we started a, a brand new endeavor with ShagTools.com. You know, obviously with COVID, um, you know, people are purchasing materials and products you know much differently than they were in the past, and and uh, it was really important for us to connect to to customers and uh, you know people in your audience that that you know are uh, experts at what they do but don't necessarily need to to go into a brick and mortar store so we didn't want to miss that opportunity to um, to reach them and to be you know helpful in their business yeah
0: absolutely and the same question to to you Don how did you get into marketing the profession and, and what does that look like today
2: Yeah, so um, my background is I've been doing marketing for about 20 years in a lot of different industries, well, more than 20 years, actually. Let's not admit that. Um, Some in the building materials industry, even building finances um, a little bit, as well as some other industries. Um, And I joined Shag Tools about a few months ago, really, to try to make sure we get the word out about this new platform.
0: Okay, great, great. Well, this is a a dynamic duo we have today. Uh, You know, marketing is always a hot topic, and and for my audience, and we always like to know, uh, to get to know, you know, who is selling the tools or who is, you know, has their hands in that process, and kind of what that looks like, and how that relates to the tile contractor in the field. Um, And John, I, I always really appreciate talking to someone who's in the industry, but you know, not my typical audience, not a contractor out there in the field. Um, and being the CEO of crown products and and having ran that successful business or, you know, for, for those years, amount of years, I'm, I'm really interested in hearing your thoughts on the small business owners that you've worked with over the years. Um, you know, let's discuss some varying ways that they could improve and grow their business. Uh, what advice would you give someone who is just starting out or younger in their tile installation business? You know, there's a number of things that that
1: I would t- tell someone, but but two things come to mind um, that are top of mind, uh, and that would be you know my first tip or the first thing that I would say is is that you know you need to be focused on what it is you do best, mm. and to be passionate about it. Um, this may sound like overly simplistic advice. Um, but with a new business, you know, it's easy to get excited and to focus on too many things. You know, as I was younger and growing up in the industry, I mean, you know, there's a lot of exciting things, particularly when you're passionate about what you're doing. You know, but the downside is that, you know, if you spread yourself too thin or if you focus on too many things, um, you know, or focusing on areas that might be outside of your expertise, you know, you're increasing your risk of missed opportunities or not doing your best work. Um, and that hurts your potential for customer referrals. Um you know, uh, you know, I mentioned passion. You know, it's important to be passionate about, you know, the business that you're starting. Um, makes sense. Obviously, a lot of people who are starting a business, they love what it is they're doing. But you're starting it because you believe there's something missing in the market uh, that you can uniquely solve. You know, starting a new business is not easy. And passion will give you, you know, it'll give your business purpose and drive. Um, and in conjunction with focus, you know, will enable you to clearly communicate to your customers and, and win more jobs. You know, and then finally, you know, my, my second tip uh, and may, maybe the most important one is to find find yourself a great mentor. You know, that, that goes for whether you're working, you know, in, in a big corporation or and particularly if you're starting a new business that, you know, studies have shown that 70% of small businesses that have an experienced business mentor, you know, survive their first years in business, you know, versus 35% um, who, you know, don't have good mentorship, you know, you, You know, if you're not sure where to find one, certainly you can look at your local SBA or trade associations or or even established competitors, which may sound strange. But, you know, there are some competitors that are either in different markets or slightly different lines of businesses that that like to bring people along. And and they want to see people succeed just like you uh, are are helping your audience do. And so um, I I would say that, you know, those are the things that would be top of mind for me if uh, good advice I would want to get if I was just.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, thank you. That's a lot of gold in in a few minutes there. Rewind that uh, audience and and listen to that again. Um, let's break it down a little bit. I mean, uh, you know, passion. Uh, and you're right. It sounds simplest, simplistic, right? But oftentimes the answers to the struggles that we're going through as business owners or operators are very the simplistic things that get overlooked because oh, that's too easy. Let's let's go right. over here. Let's distract ourselves. And then speaking of that distraction, I really like that point you you brought out, because uh, in in the group tile money, someone said, I have a chance to go to another state and do one really big job. It's nothing that I normally do. It's it's way outside of my scope of normal operations. Should I do it? You know, and, and so what would you tell somebody like that?
1: I don't know. Hail Marys are dangerous. Uh, It's the first thing that came to mind as you were talking. I mean, sometimes you can score, you know, Doug Flutie scored that touchdown for all your old timers out there, but they don't happen often. Right. And I say cliches are cliches for a reason. You know, things, things that are simple um, are commonly stated over and over again. And, you know, stick to your strengths Mm. and, you know, make sure that you're not you know, getting outside of your comfort zone, or or spreading yourself too thin, or or um, stressing yourself too much, because you don't tend to do your best work. Um, you know, if you're uh, if you need everything to go perfectly, you probably shouldn't do it. Right, right.
0: What What would you say? Um, you know, we were t- <clears throat> speaking of mentors, mentorship. A lot, and I'm glad you brought up SBA. SBA for for those that are. Um, cash strapped which most young new businesses are is a free program um, and you know sba.com or uh, maybe .org or something but small business association um, and, and you can find a mentor and I actually have one here in, in, um, in my, my hometown because why not you know, it's just somebody to, to you know bend their ear and talk to, and they're happy to do it because they're usually either working part time or maybe semi retired or fully retired. And the the key thing about mentors that I learned some years ago is don't be afraid to ask, right? Because these uh, a lot of people um, they get to a point in their life where you know, um, even in the industry, like you mentioned. They're, they're, they're they've gotten their business to the point where now their schedule is a lot less than when they were working really hard in the business and then they realize you know it would it really feels good to help someone I mean that's that if you help people on a yes. regular basis it feels good I don't care if you walk in their groceries out to the car or you know something simple it, it feels mm-hmm. good so that adrenaline gets you know gets these mentors going and you know, so so don't be afraid to ask and, and then be appreciative of that. Do you pay? Are you somebody who pays for mentors on a continual basis or? No, I, I don't.
1: I don't pay for it. Um, to, you know, to your point, Luke, there's a lot of people out there that what I find about business is that so much of it is transferable. It doesn't matter if you're in a building materials industry or if you're in, I don't know, medical devices or anything else. Um business, some of the best business concepts tend to be, you know, sort of ubiquitous across the spectrum of businesses. And so, you know, when I was a young man, I'm I'm almost 52 years old. When I was a young man, so many people were competitive. And as a young man, I felt that I needed to compete. But as I've gotten older, I realized to what you said, people really want to help. I've learned, I've learned a lot of things in life. And I'd love to share those things. Some of the some of the best feel-good moments for me is when I'm talking to a younger, you know, employee in my company or or even someone outside of my company and letting them know, you know, maybe the gems or, as you said, the gold that I've picked up, you know, over the years. And so I, I like to share those things, and I think there's a lot of humans out there that like to do that as, you know, good business people. And so you certainly can find people to pay. Um, I, I would suggest, you know, you, you mentioned a lot of people, small businesses, they don't have a lot of money or they don't have a lot of resources. And certainly they need to keep their powder dry for materials and marketing and all those kinds of things. There are plenty of people in your town or maybe even in your neighborhood that, that would be willing to give you all kinds of uh, help and advice, uh, whether they're in the industry or not.
0: It's an interesting uh, thing because I used to think, where, where am I going to find my mentor? Where And I was always looking for that physical mentor. Well, then, you know, years go by and you realize I have a dozen mentors. I have two dozen. I mean, it's everybody yep. I'm talking to on social media, yep. in, my, in my local, you know, um, church or wherever, you're, wherever you find yourself. And, and you just you find people that you are attracted to that you want to imitate and that you really respect in, in, in life, you know, a lot of mentorship is also life and not just business. So these people are, you know, become your mentors. Uh, it's a great, great points there, John. Appreciate that. Um, Sure. Don, you know, uh, you know, John brought out a good point about, you know, the, the purpose, you know, having that purpose. And I, I, imagine as a marketer, you're going to want to expand on this, um, you know, what advice would you give a, a new business owner re- regarding s- specifically marketing in 2021 and then, you know, moving forward in these modern times?
2: Yeah, well, you said it perfectly. And, you know, I'm marketing, so we like the rule of threes. So we always like three points. Um, so I'll give you three. Okay. Um, but the first thing is always know your brand. Understand what it is you bring and too often people focus so much of their message and their brand and who they are on the job, but that's kind of table stakes in most places. Um, so you can go back to your purpose, things like that. I think about a uh, painting contractor that I had hired, and the whole reason we really hired him wasn't just his quality and it was good but because he respected the house and cleaned up after himself every night. Right? That's an important little piece. It's about the whole experience he provided. Right. So, And if you don't know what your brand is, someone else is happy to tell you. Ask your customers. They'll tell you why they hired you. That's that They can give you a real great hit on your brand. Solid. Solid. Um, yeah, exactly. Um, the second thing is know where your business comes from. I think is so critical. So many people do what I'll call random acts of marketing, and then they don't know what's actually working. John knows that that's a big thing for me. Um, And so, again, I'll go with that same thing I said before. How do you do that? Ask your customers. You, at some point, are in their house giving them an estimate. Ask the prospect where they heard of you, and record it and keep track of it. Mm -hmm. So. Um, last thing I'd say, and it kind of goes with that last thing, is it, it actually kind of goes with both, is, referrals are such a great business source Um, so that could be your current customers loved you it could be referral partners people who work in the industry it could be a realtor who knows that somebody's going to want to retile the bathroom they just got and inherited Um, and if you know what your purpose is and what your brand is and what you stand for make sure your referral partners know that so that they can say to somebody hey you should go to Luke, because he X Y Z. Mm. So that that'd be my big thing is brand, sort of sources of business, and have a referral network. Really cultivate it.
0: Nice. I like that. I like that a lot. And I'll throw a softball out there to the audience, um, as far and feel free to use it because I think it's a good one, and I think it applies to a lot of my audience. Um, tile contractors are facing. Um, An issue, And they always have been, but specifically in these boom boom years, right, (laughs) boom or bust, so many uh, other, you know, handymen or contractors or, you know, they were waiters and now they're contractors, right, in the last 18 months are are going out there and doing subpar work. And it's really frustrating for everybody, especially the clients, you know, the consumers out there. So perhaps your brand can be about education, you know, and you can easily turn a website into an educational website. Why do we install tile the way we do? Why do we follow, you know, the TCNA guidelines? Um, Why do failures happen? I mean, there is just endless content and most of it is already out there written for you. (laughs) You just have to put it in your own words and it could be a video or it can be, you know, YouTube or social media. Um, Do you think this is a, like, kind of, is this on point with what?
2: Absolutely. Um, Especially because it takes you from being a commodity um, installer that lots of folks can do to offering value for your customers and and really making them understand why they're paying what -hmm. they're paying rather than just, and why they're getting something better. So, education is one of my favorite tools.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, that's good. That's a softball. And then, you know. For, for everybody out there, I mean, you might have a specific cause in mind. I mean, I, I have a lot of Facebook friends, and it, it's interesting and um, really heartwarming to see the different passions that exist within the tile industry. I mean, they're just as unique as people. Um, some people are really passionate about helping, you know uh, – ADA, you know, people who need that uh, wheelchair accessible shower, and that's really their passion. They really build it. I mean, I know one person in Colorado who's really building. I mean, he's building a nonprofit to, you know, supply these showers um, for low cost or free of cost to the end end user who's really in need. Others, you know, it might be another cause that they really get behind. And this is the this is the kind of brand thing that you want to be thinking about. Friends is. You know, um, whatever really gets you passionate that you can speak on freely and openly without people prompting you. These are really good um, things. You know, like like the Tile Money brand is all about the business of Tile. People ask me all the time, "Well, why don't you talk about this or why don't you talk about this?" You have an audience, right. and I say, "Because this is my brand, and I'm sticking focus. to it." I got yep. to focus. That's right. Yeah, and all these things I've learned over the years. Um, from witnessing both good, you know, uh good examples as well as poor examples. So my next question to you, John, is what lesson can you share from maybe um some poor business, you know, decisions that you've witnessed over the years or maybe something personal, and then on the flip side, you know, something that you've seen that has just blown you away and you're really enthused about uh in, in somebody's business or innovation?
1: Yeah. So um, again, you know, maybe some of this seems seems um, very common, but I would tell you that I think the biggest mistake, and this goes for whether you're running your own business or whether you're running a branch at a distribution business, is that the most common mistake is you know whether you're a large or a small business is not knowing your cost of doing business, um, which makes turning a profit very difficult or impossible if you're not. You know, if you're if you're uh, throwing darts uh, with your uh, blindfolds on, you you know, you got to know your costs. And so make sure that you set up your company with the ability to fully uh, understand all of your business expenses. If you if you understand your expenses, uh, you can create a break even analysis, um, you know, allowing you to figure out how much revenue is necessary to cover your overhead before you turn a profit. You know, you can then, you know, you know, if you know that number, you can then, you know, uh, use this as a roadmap for exactly how many customers or jobs that you need to turn a profit. But, um, you know, one, one thing, so understanding cost is important, but then also you need to really understand your time. You know, remember, starting out, you might be the only employee, and so you're not just the, the tile installer. You're also the, the CEO of your own company, so you might be spending a 30-year time um, you know, doing business development or business management. And so you need to understand that two thirds of your time, you know, is all that you have to actually, you know, um, to, to do the work. So, you know, you need your hourly rate to be about 50% higher than if you were just an employee in order to get the same take home pay. Um, so, you know, it's important, you know, that, that you understand your costs and that you understand the value of your time and that, you know, you're, that that you are, um, as a sole employee, you're not the only, uh, you're not just installing tiles, so you need to keep that in mind.
0: That's such great advice. It's something that everybody is susceptible to. I mean, we, I, this has been, you know, I I transitioned just in the last three years from tile contractor, installer, uh, running crews to podcaster, and I've really had to transition my brain as you know, even as as a contractor, I, I had I was starting to make this transition. Hey, work work doesn't equal you know hands on installing always. I mean, yes, that's hard work, and and as a contractor, we're used to really, I mean, sweating and physical labor. And then we're doing the off as we grow our business, we're doing the office part, and we're we're forgetting we we should be getting paid for that, right?
1: Yeah, Luke, and just um, most of the time when we get most of our orders on chagtools.com is is at night or on the weekend. So, you know, a lot of people are replenishing and ordering materials for their next job not during the day. And so, you know, it, it, and it goes back to what I said earlier about passion. You know, you've got to you got to have a lot of passion for what you're doing because if you're a if you're a new business owner and God bless you, it takes a lot of courage, but, you know, it, it, have passion because you're gonna need uh, you're gonna need that time uh, to to really deal with all the different things you have to run a business. Yeah.
0: Um.
1: And you asked one other question though. I want to make sure I don't forget it. Is you know things that I'm seeing that get me excited about business, or things on the flip side that are positive? Is is how customers and companies are interacting with one another right now, um, and marketing to each other on social media. So Don hit on it a little bit, and you did as well. That. So many of our customers, as well as our contractors' customers, are conducting research or getting inspired online. I mean, you know, my wife, um, she she might be Pinterest's favorite, you know, client. I'm not not sure. She's on there all the time. But whether it's Pinterest or or even tool manufacturers' websites, you know, our customers or our customers' customers uh, have never been more informed. And, so, it's important to know where your target customers are are spending their time for inspiration and knowledge. Um, You don't have to be everywhere out of the gate, uh, but pick a few places where you know your customers are researching and work to engage them there. Uh, And even better, to your point, um, I think you had made the point, you know, if you can create content for your target audience to review, I mean, imagine putting your latest project onto Pinterest with videos or visuals with an authentic discussion with passion, um, you know, it's just it's it's gold. I love your comment earlier that's just that's it's just gold for businesses and what I see the best contractors that we uh, deal with are the ones that are that are engaging their customers you know where they're doing their inspiration or their or their education
0: nice I like it well thank you for for those answers same same question to you Don. Um, what are you seeing out there that you kind of makes you cringe and then what do you get excited about?
2: well, and I think. It all, both the good and the bad things that haven't gone well and things that have stem from the ability to understand and even anticipate customer needs. (laughs) Uh, I think that's a critical. So I'll give you kind of an example of each. So I worked with a company that was going to launch a product and They thought it was the greatest thing since sliced bread. And the customers, we went out and did market research, and they said, "Mm, no, told us exactly why not to do it. They did it anyway because that was on their goals. And so, and you can guess, it failed, right? So here they not listened to what a customer said. Um, On the flip side, if you can listen to your customers and even go a step further and really think like them and anticipate what they need, um, that really, that'll set you apart. I mean... We don't go anywhere without our iPhones anymore, right? If you'd asked me that 10 years ago, I'd have never told you I need something to be able to connect to John DeYoung. the minute, I need to talk to him. But somehow I do need that now. Um, So if you kind of think about how that would apply to contract installations, um, I kind of think in terms of the way to anticipate someone's needs is to realize what they're really buying. And so customers are not buying to (laughs) right they're buying a vision for their space whether that's their house their office whatever they're buying a way they're going to live a way they're going to work etc and if you can kind of be thinking in that terms that'll get you more emotionally connected but it'll also get you thinking about what more do they need what's that experience they're really looking for it's not an installation so um that should help you anticipate okay
0: so put yourself in their shoes um
2: Yeah. Yeah. And don't just listen to what they say. Think
0: about what they're not saying. -hmm. Read between the lines. Good. Mm -hmm. That's, that's, that's good advice. Solid advice. And I'm glad, I appreciate you giving us a small example there. Um, Do you, uh, I mean, is it as simple as just having conversations with your favorite clients and saying, what did you, what do you want? And what did you enjoy? And why, why would you hire me again? Or why wouldn't you? Is that, is it really as simple as that?
2: Yeah, that and also I'd add in, you know, how do you plan on using, sorry, I should have turned that off, um, how do you plan on using space, what What were you thinking about when you contracted me, or or even whatever your next project is, why, why is my favorite question, so not just what, are you thinking, and why did you use me? But why was it that you even wanted to do this project? And that just gets you right in that mindset, because if you really understand the motivation, that gives you such such a good ground, grounding for it.
1: Got it. Nice. Luke. Nice. What, one, one thing I would add there, Luke, is um, at least you know in my career, in my experience, some of the best advice I've ever gotten is when maybe I didn't do the best job or when I didn't have the best customer uh, feedback, and y- you really get some great feedback um, from customers where, where maybe maybe there was an opportunity for improvement, and they'll 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 make it very plain to you what it is you could have done better. And you know some of the some of the best lessons I've learned in life are the ones that have come from maybe a bad a bad experience that a customers had with us, and I've been able to make it right. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I've never had to repeat those mistakes because I learned it and heard it from the horse's mouth.
2: Nice. Yeah. Hey John, if I can actually add one more that you made me think about. Um, Again, why is a great question? The other thing is think in terms of pains and gains. So what is the real pain that somebody's having that's getting them to actually invite you, I'll use a house for example, invite you into their home, into their space to do something. And that's a disruption, right? So there must be something that's more painful than the disruption of having people in their house working on it. So if you can get to what's their real pain, um, I will give an example. I have a bathroom I hate downstairs. I just moved into a new house. Every time I look at it, I cringe. It hasn't been enough pain for me to call somebody to fix that yet. But Sounds like it's I'm getting close. Where I have guests coming over, I'm so embarrassed, somebody fixes for me now. Yeah, so. yeah.
0: That's interesting. Um, it, 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 so the pain builds up over time. Huh? Exactly. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, I'd be remiss if we didn't talk about tools here. Um, <laughs> what, it, you know, f- being that you're on, you know, that side of the, the industry, you know, what tools and supplies are contractors buying right now? Uh, and, and why do you think that is John?
1: Well, the first one I'm going to mention is an oldie but goodie. Uh, you know, hopefully, most of your uh, customers or your uh, your followers don't roll their eyes, but it's it's an oldie but goodie. But boy, are they extremely extremely popular! And that that's Prony, the Prony line of uh, knee pads. You know, as many in your audience would know, you know, these are premium knee pads that are customizable to the wearer's body and distribute weight throughout the lower leg rather than just the knee um, makes it easier and more comfortable to spend long hours, you know, on your knees getting the job done. But, you know, the minute we started our website up and, um, they've just been great people over at pronies. We hot cakes is not a good enough word for them. They just continue <laughs> to fly off the shelf. And I think the pronies a few years ago, really, really kind of, uh, loosened up the reins a bit on how they distributed. And so, you know, um, I think a lot of folks are buying those things online because they know what their size is and they know what they need. And, And so folks are just buying those. And there's probably plenty of very good knee pads out there, but I'm just, Luke, uh, if I had to tell you the thing that we're selling the most of, it is pronies. But the other thing I'd like to bring up, uh, particularly for your, um, your customer base is um, a product line. It's an entire product line. It would be Ruby. Um, Our tile contractors absolutely love their products from their sponges and spacers and trowels all the way up to their laser and level tile saws. Um, they're just, they're innovating. They've got, you know, the little things. They've got the big things and everything in between. And, you know, ne- next Monday, they're launching their new Ruby Cyclone level system. Um, there's a lot of buzz out there. I don't know that it's particularly, you know, astonishing or, you know, earth shattering. But yeah. but they build a really good product. And we've gotten some samples in our brick and mortar stores. And, and the customers really love them. And so um, they're they're going to be available next Monday is, is when they're out so on the 4th. Um, you know, and contractors are excited to get them. So I I would say, you know, pronies and, and Ruby are just, um, two of the, two of the biggest products or product lines that we're moving the fastest right now.
0: Interesting. Is there anything that's not moving that you think maybe should be, or you're kind of like, man, I I thought this was a a hot, going to be a hot item.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I I would say some of the big mixers, you know, for, for self-leveling underlayment and, you know, some of those big mixers, uh, you know they're expensive, but if you don't mix things well uh, or correctly, you can have failures, or or maybe the product doesn't perform the way that it's supposed to. And and um, I would have expected that people would be buying those more online because it's a it's a uh, it's a tool that has plenty of information about it. Um, I think we have fair prices, and I'm just surprised that folks uh, aren't doing more of those online, I, I expected those actually would go a lot faster than they do. So I don't know if people feel a little more comfortable buying them, you know, with their hands and their eyeballs, you know, looking at them in person versus um, over um, the Internet. Though so That would be something from a tool perspective where I, would, I was I'm a little surprised.
0: OK, OK, fair enough. You know, I it, it might be one of those things. Uh, the bigger the purchase, the, the longer, mm-hmm. the, you know, do they go back and look at it and look at it again? Probably, you know,
1: something like that. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. Our average our average order size is you know less less than four hundred dollars. So you know maybe maybe spending you know five six seven hundred dollars on a you know pretty high powered you know handheld mixer is maybe maybe something that they want to have local maybe for service or warranty issues. But uh, so that's that's a good point.
0: Do you get feedback from your um, customers about any concerns they're dealing with in the field, and how do you if if you do, how do you help them manage those issues?
1: Well, we're, we're new enough that I, we're not getting a lot of that feedback now, um, sort of, um, in the, in the moment, uh, or gosh, here's a problem I'm seeing. We're desperate to get that because we, um, we, we represent some of the best manufacturers and, and, um, not only tools, but also, you know, uh, powders and caulks and mortars, et cetera. We represent some of the best, you know, manufacturers in the business. And so, um, as contractors have problems, there's there's no one we can't get a hold of to, to, to give, you know, good advice for those problems. So we're going to be doing more of that interacting and trying to reach customers, taking my own advice, reaching customers where they are. So um, we're getting more of that feedback, Luke, um, or we'd like to get more of that feedback, but at the moment we're not getting as much as we'd like. So um, it's we want to get there and be more of a resource for the customer base
0: good to know you're open to it and uh mm. hopefully we can send you some of that feedback and get those conversations yeah. started so hint, that's hint, right audience <laughs> please well let's see here just a couple follow-up questions for everybody um i always like to talk about you know what what what's exciting you know what you see exciting in the industry coming down the pipe here do you do either of you have any input on that
1: yeah, I don't know, Dawn, if you want to go first. I feel like I've been talking so much. I, I, I do have some exciting things. I, I'm passionate, but why don't you start,
2: Dawn? <laughs> I'll start. Um, so I think the thing that most excites me for the industry is uh, kind of the, the shift to more of a gig economy and more entrepreneurship. I think that's super exciting. You know, If I look back to <clears throat> many years ago when I was trying to decide what I was going to do with my life and my career, the path was... Go to a big company, work for it your entire life, etc. And that's a very specific mm. um, path. And so it's nice that people now have there's more respect, more options, more tools that make it possible for somebody to start their own business to be in the gig economy, to be doing um, contract work, and to balance that with their life, right? So it's no longer have to be, as John said, it's not nine to five, right? Maybe you're doing something at two, two in the afternoon with your family because it makes sense, but then at night you're ordering supplies online. Yeah. Um, so just that flexibility and the ability to manage work-life balance and do what you really want to do, what you're passionate about, and make a living that way, I think is a super exciting thing. Nice. Nice. Yeah, have I,
0: I have a contractor, Trask Bergerson, who I speak to on a fairly uh, regular basis out of Oregon. And, you know, he's right there on the coast in a surfing community. And um, he said at least one of his guys, I, I don't know how many, but at least one of his crew members is a surfer. So if the surf's mm-hmm. up, and the, and, the jo- and the job allows it because uh, I think yeah. most, most of his employees are on salary, and he doesn't dictate their hours. They all they all start basically at the same time, but, but they're not really heavy into dictating their hours. Certain jobs, you know, they must, but certain jobs, it's it's more free. So this this um, surfer will will oftentimes work from like six to ten or eleven and go hit the, the surf sesh, you know, depending on the the break, and then. Um, you know, go back from like three to six or whatever. Cause he's a young guy and he, you know, yeah. he can just put his hours in when he wants. And I think that's really cool. Awesome. And it, it really is. builds that culture, you know, and, um, in, in the trades, you know, oftentimes if the, if the home is empty or, or whatever, you can do that, you know, right. and it's cool. So thank you. For- well, and
2: Just the ability to pick what's most important to you. Is it important to have a work-life balance? Is it important to be a billionaire by the time you're thirty? Whatever it is, you can put your goals toward that, and then say, "What? What do I need to do from a work balance standpoint?" I like it.
0: I like it. Uh, Same. What are you excited about, John?
1: Well, so uh, uh, leading a company, um, I spend a lot of my time thinking about you know the business environment, right? And and you know we've had you know upturns and downturns and (laughs) So what I would say, what I'm most excited about, you know, and certainly economies can change, but what I'm most excited about is I I think that our industry has some really strong industry tailwinds in the residential remodeling and, and new housing markets. I think it's setting the table for you know long-term growth uh, and opportunities for contractors. You know, on the remodeling front, uh, what we are seeing now is is that COVID has increased residential demand as more people are working from home, driving higher demand for remodeling projects. We've we've never been busier. Um, generational trends are driving significant remodeling uh, demand. You know, as millennials are now uh, in their prime years and and home purchasing. Um, uh, prime years for home purchasing and older couples, you know, more than not are sort of aging in place. If that makes sense. You know, you know, I, I know my, my parents, you know, in the last five or six years have said, you know, let's just stay here. I like the house and I'll just replace that floor. I'll just redo that bathroom or put a, a backsplash up. So a lot of folks are aging in place. And then on the new construction front, I mean, look, our population is growing in this country and current housing inventory is very low versus the historical averages. So Um, You know, when compared to the market demand for housing, you know, this will drive the need for for more new construction. So whether you're a remodeling contractor or someone who's doing, you know, sub work for new construction, I think the next five to 10 years could be just monstrous for us. And, um, you you know, I I read an article not so long ago that they were saying "Ah, millennials really just kind of want to want to rent. They don't really want to own. And and, um, look, I think. Uh, Particularly in our industry, it doesn't really matter if you're renting or owning, um, you know, the the multifamily uh, is a huge industry for us, you know, where they're turning over units, et cetera. So I'd say that not just residential, but multifamily residential is just as strong. So I think the next five years are going to be just full of opportunity for people starting their businesses or the opportunity to grow the revenue that you have.
0: Yeah, yeah. I like it. I'm, I'm positive as well on, on the future uh, for, you know, high, highly strong in the remodel industry is is probably a good solid bet for anybody wondering where they should hedge their bets. I agree. I, I like that aging in place. And if you're out there, you know, audience, uh, tile friends, and you're thinking, how do, how do I differentiate myself? How do I, you know, do I want to niche down or add a service? Um, you know, this ADA compliant aging in place type of stuff is a really good way to do that. And you, if you Google it and start reading about, you can get certified, possibly even licensed. I don't know if it's a certification or a license to kind of help you. And, and they'll, you know, you can take a week long class, and they will, you know, get get on that list of their contractors that they refer. Um, you know. And, and I'll, I'll try to find the link and put it in the show notes here because I, I, it's kind of a last-minute thought here. But I, I like that a lot. Well, listen, uh, John and Don, I really appreciate both of you being on the podcast. Is there one last thing that you would like to uh, express to the Tile friends, the audience listening? Uh, we'll start with Don. Uh, is there one last thought for everybody?
2: Um, yeah, so I think uh, it kind of goes with what you were saying before about what else are we excited about. I talked about what I'm excited about in the industry, but I'd be remiss if I didn't mention what I'm excited about in marketing. And John kind of mentioned it before. It's just the possibilities that marketing technology is bringing. So that is everything from automation. You all get it. Those emails that come to you as soon as you abandon a cart or you uh, don't, don't buy something, you get that email back or you bought something and it says thank you, all the way to, you know, if you're scrolling through Facebook and suddenly you wanted a... I don't know, <laughs> piece of coal, you wanted a sweater and suddenly you're seeing ads for sweaters. Marketing technology has gotten so precise now mm-hmm. that it really knows a lot about you and therefore a lot about your customers. So be open to things like social media marketing, marketing automation, email marketing, and talk to a marketing person about it um, if you need to. But it just, there's so much possibility to really target the right person.
0: I like that. Thank you a lot. And, and at happy tile com, we, we can do email automation. Uh, we can do, um, what was the other thing you mentioned? <laughs> uh, social
2: media marketing.
0: We, we, we're we not doing social media marketing yet, but we're doing email. Oh, and CRM like, you know, email automation. Absolutely. So if you have all your, your best clients, we can plug them in there and email them and somebody goes on your website, fills out a form and we can drip email them, things of that nature. So um, we're 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 uh, we're always improving and, and adding to it. John, uh, same question to you. Any last thoughts?
1: Yeah, I feel like I'm uh, I feel like I'm a business coach here, so I, I'm sorry to be a little bit uh, oh, uh, a, sappy or business related. But you know, you know, what I'd say, you know, one thing to express to the audience regarding their business is, you know, we talked about you know focus and passion um, and knowing your costs. But the other thing I would say is be sure that you have a vision for your business and set specific goals. You know, most small business associations or business leaders recommend having long-term goals like like five years. And I know that long-term goals can be scary or seem too far away or too academic, but um, long-term goals should be sort of the North Star for your business. And you can make that long, long-term goal more manageable by breaking it into annual goals and then quarterly goals and then monthly goals. From you know, And from there, you can kind of, You know, make that your week to week business operations, you know, keeping you focused and on the right track. And so I think it's important to to start with passion. It's important to start, you know, with focus um, and and knowing your costs. But but you also have to kind of know where you want to go right what is what does Yogi Berra say uh, you know I, if you don't know where you're going you might end up somewhere else and so I think I think it's important to, to know where you're going and um, and setting those goals and being a bit academic about it sticking to your plan is really important.
0: nice I like it I like it mm-hmm. the. Long-term goals are the North Star of your business. I've never heard that before. I'm going to steal that. Thank you, John. Yeah, you can have it. (laughs) Right on. Well, listen, you guys, you've been a pleasure to talk to. And I know this uh, podcast is going to help a lot of people. So thank you very much.
1: Great. Thank Luke, thanks for having us.
0: You're welcome. And thank you for your support of Tile Money.
1: You got it. Bye, guys.
0: All right, Tile Friends, well, I hope you enjoyed that uh, episode as much as I did. Uh, John and Don uh, delivered a lot of value, so go back and listen to it again if you need to. Uh, Feel free to reach out to John or via shagetools.com and let them know your thoughts on the episode. Don and John are both on Facebook as well. So uh, until next time, Tile Friends, stay positive out there, and as always, stay profitable!